Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 251. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinezki. Hello. Hi. And we've got... More hams. Classic canned hams from the land of sky blue waters. The beer, refreshing. Mm. The beer, refreshing. Oh, I thought it said something different on the other side. Apparently not. Just <laughs> no, get the same thing twice. It just says the beer. Refreshing. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the first topic, I want to briefly touch on our Patreon, get back into the rhythm of things. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. You know how to spell it because you found us here. On this super cool custom crafted Patreon website, you will find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage and help me make up for the one Patreon patron we lost during the last intermission. First topic. I want to yes. talk about a company just to the east of St. Paul well, and something I really hate about them. One second. This URL, I was going to fix it for you because it was just so long and gross. It's disgusting. It's like finding an auto trader link. Yeah, it's really bad. You know, <laughs> you know what? Before I continue, let me just go ahead and do this right. No, just... just, just... Nope, nope, open, nope. open the thing. I did. It's open on my computer. But oh, thank you. There. Is that That's better? much better. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So, 3M. You guys all know them. I guarantee it. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. You know them for adhesive, scotch tape. You know them for command. Safety goggles. Scotch guards, safety goggles, everything. sandpaper, everything. Duct tape. This company duct tape. is insane. Yeah, duct tape. Post-it notes. Po- post-it notes. They invented post-it notes. I mean, they whether it has a direct... You think, sorry, it has a direct effect on your life or not, it does. 3M is a huge company, and I have some, like, pride in the company, being that it was started and is currently still headquartered in Minnesota. But when I came across, and this was probably months ago at this point, it was April, I found out that they are the leading lobbyist funder for the front license plate in Minnesota because (laughs) they manufacture the reflective shit that they're made out of. Incredible. I hate it so much. So, so now I don't even like 3M as much anymore, and wow, that's really crimped badly. I don't, I don't, I don't like 3M because I don't like 3M. They're just not what, a good company. What I mean specifically, what what are your reasons? Of really bad pollution issues, actually. Oh, they. I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, no, there's a. I think there's a Superfund in Maplewood because of them. Or no, it's in. It's not in Maplewood. It's in Cottage Grove. A Superfund? Yeah. What is that? That's a federal. Like everything's so fucked up environmentally that we have to develop, we have to devote special funds to clean this up so it's livable. Oh, that's a super fund. So maybe three like, should be headquartered somewhere else. Three Mile Island is a super fund. Oh, neat. Yes, that's got that's such a what, great name for such a terrible thing. Yes, so that's what a super fund is. And yeah, in Cottage Grove, there is a uh, they had an incinerator that's a super fund because they were improperly disposing of things that they knew were toxic. And they just said that they weren't toxic when they burnt them. Oh, so it's like PG&E. Yeah. Oh. It's um, really gross. You know what would cut back on that? If they did fewer reflective coatings for front license plates. Yes, I think we should bring this up to our legislators. I think so, too. I think we should say, wow, I can't believe that by supporting this front license plate law that you are just really in the pocket of you big pollution. You are giving children cancer. Yeah, that you just love giving people cancer. You're a bad politician. See You're all these people here person. from Cottage Grove? Look at them. They're look, all, look them in the face and tell me you want to give them cancer. They're all, they're all three feet tall and look funny. Like, well, it's just Cottage Grove. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the Superfund. <laughs> now we know. That explains a lot, yeah. honestly, about Cottage Grove. But uh, I, I had to bring this up. It just made me, at the time, very upset. 
and I'm still not like super jazzed on it. Uh, but wow, we have had so many different individuals and car groups write legislators get you know I don't know what you call pundits or whatever, just representatives that you pay essentially yeah. to lobby for lobbyists. There we go. Yeah, lobbyists. Lobby for- <laughs> issue and like it never goes anywhere and probably because 3m's in there with more money saying no 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 might you want yeah. these front license plates yeah no wait but but, but i don't yeah I don't i'm not gonna lie if i if i had like elon musk money i would oh. probably spend a very large amount of that money lobbying politicians to fix things that are mildly annoying not things that are bad like not like environmental regul- like regulation things yeah the 15 year rule i would the Turn the twenty-five year rule into a fifteen year rule. It works in Canada. We're yeah. Canada. Yeah, I would. I would do that. Um, I would also do things like front plate laws, uh, beer sales directly from the brewery, dis, uh, regardless of the size of yeah. oh, the brewery. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah, just dumb little things that people aren't spending a lot of money on. I would totally lobby the hell out of it's that. It's just wasting money. Like, yeah, I would just yeah, yeah. pump like big tobacco money into that. Like, <laughs> the world would be a better place. It'd be all the small inconveniences that I'm fixing. It's getting heard before like like major issues. Yeah. <laughs> In all these legislatures. They're like, hey, gun control. And it's like, actually, wait a minute. We have a, an item zero. Tint laws on subcompacts. In Minnesota, actually. <laughs> Item zero is what we're taking care of. <laughs> it's already been voted, apparently. It's been pre-voted. As yeah, a... <laughs> it's like, yeah, it would like, I, I, I would be... My things would be so small. Like Even like lifting the trade embargo in Cuba, like that would be a little large oh, for me. that would be amazing. That would be very cool, but I think that would be my like, magnum opus. <laughs> what a great name for something. Like, what do you say when it's like your, your life's work? Mm. No, it's kind of like a no. It's like a it's like a really big gun or like a really beautiful piece of music, like a magnum, magnum opus. opus. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, you've got a gift, my friend. Lifting the Cuban uh, trade embargo <laughs> would be a magnum opus. Oh, and travel uh, embargo th- would be. This awesome is actually too. all right. So this is we're, this is a huge tangent. That's Cuba, fine. That's what we do. The, the Cuba thing. I'm a little conflicted because yes, we we should remove the trade embargo. However. Cuba's the only island in the Gulf of Mexico yeah. with a full coral reef system oh. because they cannot import fertilizer from us. Ah, Yeah, I don't want to ruin coral. Coral's super I don't cool. want to ruin Cuba. Well, I, yeah, well, I want people in Cuba to do better. I want to, like... Well, I, you know what I would do? Let's ask them what they, what they want. You know, I, would just, I would just give them money. I would, I would just go there and spend a lot of money. That's what I would do if I was a billionaire. I'd spend insane amounts of money. You still can't have fertilizer, but here's a ton of money to figure it out. Yeah, like here, here's, here's a ton of money for you guys to just make your economy work. I'm sorry that America is the way it is. Then everybody would be happy. Suddenly Cuba's doing great. And it would be, it'd be cool if we could like go see them too. But You can. Well, I know if you like you educate to... or do film. Or no, whatever, no, you can but... just go via Mexico. Oh, really? That's what most people do. Oh. well, I found that out. I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you don't you cannot fly directly from Cuba, like to America from Cuba, but there's not like a travel embargo. It's just do you a trade need embargo. like a Mexican uh, passport to do it, or can you just go? You just go. Well, that's kind of cool. Or, or, this is what I want to do: buy an apartment in Nuevo León, which is the state just south of Texas, rent it out, say it's my legal place of residence. That way, I can have a Fiat Strata for my daily driver, and, and I can go to Cuba. 
It'd be perfect. And a RSGR. Yes. There's oh. many good things. Oh. I could be... It, you could have a chimney, too. It's, it's quite easy to get Mexican oh, citizenship. man. I think... Can you get dual citizenship, then, if you have both? I mean, I'm genuinely curious. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to do this, but, like, I strongly encourage you to do this. Because then I can visit... Dual citizenship... These are the questions that we are asking for you, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. <laughs> U.S. law does not mention dual nationality or require a person to choose one nationality. Perfect. So you so, probably can then. Um, U.S. law does not mention. Here, this is from the. I, I'm looking at the Mexican uh, embassy website okay. in English. Um, I don't know who this is for. This is in English. It must be for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is learning. Hello, everyone. Um, yes, I not mentioned. Naturalization process is managed. I, it looks like yes, nationals, including dual nationals, must use them. So, you, regardless, you would need to have a U.S. passport if you live in the U.S. Yeah. At all. Sure. Otherwise, you'd be deported. Well, Even if you're sense. a U.S. citizen. If you have dual citizenship. You'd have to have... So as long as you I hold passports you allowed... in both countries. No, you wouldn't be deported. I think you have to hold... Countries. Yeah, you'd have to hold passports <laughs> from both countries, I guess. Either way... That's easy. Yeah, I, 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 I have kinda, a U.S. one that can probably I, I get a Mexican like the one. Idea, uh, I like the idea of having an apartment in Mexico. I, like, I think that'd be kind of nice. I can go on There's vacation. probably a lot of really good benefits. Like yeah. Cheaper dental care and things. Yeah, and like... Guaranteed abortion. Things oh like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just basic human rights. Strange. Yeah, weird. Yeah. That, I, the free. I, I, think, I think that would be the, the play here is you, you live in Minnesota with Mexican citizenship. Oh, my God. And you, you own an apartment in Mexico. And it's like, <laughs> this is the thing. You, you, it's very easy to be a jerk in this and, like, rent out the apartment or something. But, like, or for like way too much money? No, just rent it out for whatever the regular amount for an apartment would be in Mexico, or and less, then, or less even, because you're already benefiting. Mm-hmm. And then you just make an agreement, like, "Hey, I just want one room that I can stay in, or have like a mother-in-law's suite in the backyard, or just that sleep you can in your garage in. next to your amazing cars." Yes, like your, well, which I assume will be in Minnesota with Mexico plates. Yes, that'd be great. Oh man, I'd be Daily very into that. RSGR. Oh. Uh. Fiat Strata. Oh man, I, just, I have a bunch of yard work of like just like yard stuff that I need to deliver to the <laughs> yard waste drop off, and I don't own a vehicle capable of dropping it off cleanly right now. I'm glad you put I the cleanly in there. Just like, need I, I need a Strata for that. All right, that's what I need. It's just it's a Fiat 500. Well, since you can't pickup. get your UAC Patriot or whatever that was, UAC Patriot. Yeah, no, I still can. They're free. <laughs> No, actually. Ah, you just yes. have to get one as a, what do you call it, a trophy? A war, a war trophy, yes. Ah. The, it is free, but yes. Well, call the... They're on incredible discount, but there's a barrier. Call the farmer with the tractor <laughs> and be like, yo, I need you to stay on the lookout. Please. I will, I will pay you for a I'll UAZ. pay you handsomely. You will be paid MSRP for a UAZ patient. <laughs> <laughs> it will be extremely <clears throat> worth your while. Yes. <laughs> um, Please and thanks. But yeah, so I guess I, 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 this was a whole tangent. I don't even know it what we're talking about. We were anyway, talking about 3M supporting front license plates. Well, uh, 3M's no good, but Mexico is good. So there you go. That's our top tip. Yep. Um, now, I want to move on to something else that's completely different. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's Sounds talk about good. the Nissan 400Z. That car is, okay. I'm still, jury's out for me. I haven't driven one yet. I mean, it's, it's cool. I haven't seen or driven one. But let me tell you this. 
These factory wheels are incredible on face These model. look way better than the ones I've seen on the press cars. Yeah, the base model wheel is the star of the show here. Also, That's, the stream looks fine. I don't know why it shows like that. That is know. a um, that that is a Tesla Model Three Aero Disc yeah. like wheel, like just hidden like, secret good factory wheel. Have you seen the Model S Plaid Nineteens without the covers? No, they look really good. Mm. Anyway, so, this one's very good because mm. it's a normal size. It's eighteen. It's an eighteen. It's like a soft five. It's just really nice. It fits everything in the world. I would like this quite badly on my Mazda. And pro- like knowing them, they're probably forged and super light and just really yeah, nice. Yeah, totally wheels. made by Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, they're magnesium. <laughs> like, guaranteed, I would, I would be willing to bet money that this is either made by Reyes or Inky. Because Reyes makes Wed and... Um, oh, yeah, look at that. Uh, I think they make SSR as well. Nice. They make uh, Work and everything. Like, Ray's is, like, a Zabatsu that owns, like, a ton of other companies. Yeah, I do real wheels, but they're all, like, OEM+. plus. <laughs> Just get them off some other model, because I know they're really high quality. But, yeah, that's really nice. I really like how that looks. Yeah, so Ray's owns Volk Racing, Graham Lights, Work. They, so, the T37, the, which yeah. is, like, the wheel. The, <laughs> um, hot boy. Yeah, they, they make basically everything. That's very cool. That's a oh. nice looking wheel. Yeah, that's an incredible wheel. I would be confident it's probably made by Reyes. It looks like it's got an all-season tire on it, but that could be fixed. Yeah, I'm sure it's got all-season tire. It's on a base model Nissan. It, absolutely, it's the exact same tire Although, compound that's on a Versa. It might be better because, sorry, better than the big wheels, because I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, the, like the Sport one, the Nismo, the bigger wheels, they come with Pirellis. Oh, probably, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, guaranteed. It's never going to hook up, and you're going to get blisters looking at it. Oh, it's pretty awful. Yeah. Pirelli has not figured out how to make a tire yet. They made tires really well in the eighties. What? Yeah, but all their technology stopped then. Yeah, no, they're very Italian. Yeah. Yeah. No, Italy. Italy is okay. Italy, the way that country works as a whole is everybody, the entire collective country, yeah, will work very hard for about five years to make everything as great as possible. Because like, in like the late seventies, you had like Spica fuel injection, and you had like. Four-wheel disc brakes and Pirelli uh, yep. P4 tires. He had Campanola wheels. Oh, yeah. Everything was great. Mm. And if you got a Italian car in 1998, it still had fuel injection and Campanola wheels and Which the same was Pirelli tires from the, the 80s, yeah, exactly. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> like, to your point, like, wheel size has grown. Car weight has grown. Roads have gotten worse. So, like, the tire technology from the 70s hasn't been able to keep no, up. No, and that's just how Italy is. It's, it, it, because Italy, like, they, they really like, like, they're the laziest country in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has to be an emergency to get away from the wine. Yeah, no, and that's what they do. Is that every, every, like, 15 years, they realize that all their companies are systematically going bankrupt very quickly. <laughs> and so over the course of five years, they just revamp the entire economy and then do absolutely fuck all for another 15 years. And then... Resting on anew. the laurels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even like brands that are Italian, like you say, like Chevy is American. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like Fiat is an Italian brand, but like our generation Fiats are like, let's be honest, that's that's like a conglomerate global company, but they still do Italian stuff. Yes. Like we're going to give you the Fiat 500. It's a four-year-old car, and we're not going to change it for another 10 years. No, here. they're not. No. And then they'll complain about why the sales are slumping. Yeah, and then so what happens with that is it's a whole marketing thing. 
because then because everybody knows that the they the, market like inter the Southern European Renaissance like happened in Italy like mm-hmm. it started in Italy and moved elsewhere, and so they every fifteen years they just do it's the Renaissance again. Woo! And then you get a Fiat 500, and you get like a Maserati Quattroporte that doesn't suck, and you have like a good Ferrari again. And then you have the exact same thing 15 years later, and then they call it the Maserati Levante. Oh, no. And then it's just bad. Oh, no. And then the Levante just kind of sits there farting around and ruining Maserati for another 15 years, or for another five years. It. And so they make, make some... They make they make some more good things and they do nothing again. Yeah, that's what that's how Italy works. Yeah. Also, uh, on. speaking yeah. of such, uh, Maserati. Uh, <laughs> I had a friend who's not a car person at all joke about somebody street parking a Maserati, saying, "How are you how are you about to own a Maserati and not pay for garage parking?" I might do Maserati is a brand is the wackiest company you've ever heard of. So I'm like, they write everybody that's owned them has like gone out of business pretty much. And I like I explained to them like. The Cambio Corsa gearbox, oh no, like situation. I'm oh, like, oh no. <laughs> I told, oh no, I told him like, yeah. So they made this like luxury car, right? And it's like supposed to compete with like the S class. It's Italian. It's got a Ferrari made engine. It's good, right? It's very cool. And it's got this like cool high tech like gearbox. And it was so bad and unlivable that they completely redesigned the entire car underneath yep. to put in a normal transmission. And then Ferrari had to sell it immediately thereafter because they ran out of money. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, I'm like, the, hey, like, he's like, he's like, that's incredible. I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm not done. The Quattroporte literally means four doors. Yep. <laughs> I told him, like, yeah, the Maserati Ghibli, the one that everybody gets to look fancy. Yep. It literally has a Dodge Caravan engine with a turbo mm-hmm. and a warmed overhead. Yep. That's all it has. Oh, yeah. And Which like, is very not loosely related to the Mercedes-Benz M272 yeah, uh, yeah. as well. Like, <laughs> it's, it's how I was explained to them. They're like, Pentastars. Yeah, <laughs> these, these engines are just like... They've been warmed over for decades. And so, yep. yeah, I was... Um, that everybody was laughing about because nobody knew that about, about Maserati. I'm like, oh, yeah, just Google them. Like, they have the wackiest history. But an 09 to 11 Quattroporte is a pretty appealing vehicle. Yeah. It's pretty That's good. also when the Fiat 500 came out. Yep. That's in the... So, wait a minute. That was... Oh, eight. We're almost there. So eight. It coincides with the recessions so, in the United States. It does. So, it we're, 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 so we're going to get some nice Italian stuff next year. Eight, three. Next year, Italy is going to revamp itself. Yeah, yes. I agree. Because we'll five, be in a recession. Yes. Yep. And next year, Italy is going to revamp itself. And that's when... So, yeah. Buy a... 2024, 2025 Italian car. There you go. Don't buy one this year. No, God, no. Yeah. It, 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 that tracks because, <laughs> yep. yeah, Italy, like, all their cars were very, very good and cutting edge mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Yep. And then at the turn of, like, it, well, actually, hmm, that does kind of get a little weird. I guess the, the Ferrari F40 was kind of a fluke. Well, if you it was compare, a race car. But if you compare the Ferrari F40 to the other Ferraris that were around at that point in time, yeah. all the other Ferraris were running technology that they came up with in 1980. Even yeah. the F40 was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were all, it's just old tech, and they just applied it differently. Because, like, Ferrari, like, so the F40 aside, this tracks. Yeah, no, it really does. And honestly, <laughs> do you know what else happened in 1987? A U.S. recession. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think... Um, I don't know, the F-40 was later, but... Yeah, but th- that wasn't 20 years prior to that, because oh, I'm just going sure. back okay. in 20 years. 
However, I guess so if you do 20 years, yeah, so 80 to 85 is when Ferrari got good again. Yep. And then you had 60 to 65, Ferrari got good again. And then 40. Yeah. Yep. 20 years then. Okay. So it's, it's a 20 year thing. Well, it's 20 years. It's, uh, there's a five, it's five years. I'm not sure what the five years should be on the front end or the back end of that 20 year cycle. Well, all scientific data has got a plus or a minus. It's got an error margin. So. Yeah. The, the Ferrari F40, though, that does not fall within that. Was that 92? I can't remember. That's 89. 89? That's why it gets weird, because it was it either should have been 75 to 80 or 80 to 85. That car which... was made alongside the 328. That is weird. Yes. Wow. And the Mondial. Yeah, well, that's less this, surprising. This is what I'm talking about with, like, <laughs> the F40 was kind of a standout, because, like, yeah. you, you, in 1989, you could go into a Ferrari dealership, you see a, a 400i. You know, F40. No, literally everything else in the Ferrari dealership, aside from was the bad. F40, was ancient tech and yeah. bad. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> F40, and the F40 didn't do anything new. Mm-mm. It was just they applied it slightly differently. No, they're just like, the 288 GTO didn't work. What do we do? Oh, I guess we're going to do a 288 GTO with a better body. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all that was. Should we change the engine management? No. No, it's going to be the exact same thing. No, just put some arrow on it. Yeah, so this tracks. Italy has a 20-year cycle. So anyway, yeah, 2024, I'm looking forward to seeing what we cover from Italy. Yes, it'll be very good. Um, And I don't know how we got there from Nissan 400Z stock wheels, but it doesn't matter. I think that might have been the most interesting thing we've talked about in a long time. That's why people listen to us. We come up with the stuff that somehow ends up tracking. Yes. So. All right, back to Minnesota. And license plates. Back to license plates. This one is more interesting because it doesn't have to deal with a lobby, which is great. But hold on. I'm shocked, actually. Let me get through the paywall, maybe. Uh-oh. Oh, Star Tribune? No, you're fucked. Okay. Okay. Nope, nope. In Minnesota, and this isn't the case with every state, but coming back to the license plates, I bring this up because I just had to put new plates on Dr. Wags. Why did they use the stock photo? Why does the guy look like Mac from Always Sunny? That is Mac from Always Sunny. That just is Mac. It is Mac. It's Ronald McDonald right there. Oh my god. That's Mac's real name. What? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Mac's mom named him Ronald McDonald because she didn't want him and she wanted him she wanted him to be miserable. That's why Mac's name is Oh my god, that's brutal. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh... It doesn't he doesn't even share a last name with her. His name is just Ronald McDonald. <laughs> that is eye eye watering. That is a <sighs> that that is uh always sunny cannon right there. Oh uh. my god. Um <laughs> All right, so anyway, back to the license plates. I was I couldn't believe my mother's car. She's had it for seven years now. Dr. Weggs got delivered over seven years ago. That's amazing. She's never kept a car that long. Um, but she's like, okay, I got new plates. Can you help me? Yada, yada, yada. I started talking to Scott about this. I'm like, why the hell do we do these on a seven-year rotation? And honestly, it's exactly for the reason you would expect it to be. So Minnesota... We salt the ever-living piss out of our roads. Oh, yeah. That's about how long it takes aluminum to corrode, yeah. Not only that, usually you're using a steel screw, mm-hmm. and you're going into a third metal. And as you know, dissimilar metals corrode even when there isn't a ton of salt promoting that all the way yeah. around. So the main reason we get new plates every seven years is because that's kind of their general life expectancy where they're still legible. So the plates actually deteriorate significantly in that amount of time. That's interesting. Yeah, but uh, it's now been two full plate cycles since we stopped doing stamped plates, which I don't know how you feel about stamped versus plates. I love plates, stamped. But I want stamped. I kind of preferred those. Stamped is way better. I feel like these are just kind of phoning it in, the flat ones. And honestly, that. they age way better. For some reason, this coating that 3M lobbies for and gets dumped into Cottage Grove and killing all the children, 
make it's them all three feet tall and weird. Three feet tall and weird. Like these all have that problem. It's like seeing a 2004 Ford Expedition. Like the back is just missing splotches of paint. That's true. Huh? And like you're just getting corrosion and it's spreading across the entire thing. It's like Dream sucks. It's like buying a vehicle from a custom shop that's been seam welded instead of stitch welded. If you get a crack, it's going to go all the way through your entire weld and ruin your car. That is a flat plate. If you get one that's stitch welded, you get one failure. That's like the corner of your plate. It's never going to get it to the actual exactly, text. Yeah. I'm going to use my shitty metaphor because that's just how I'm going to do it. But well, it's, it's I thought this was I thought interesting. That's really interesting. I don't know. Actually. Huh. But like, have you ever thought about why we have to change plates every seven years? Was it longer when we had stamped plates? No. Huh. Nope. Every seven years. That's strange. So I mean, honestly, it should they have been aren't. should have been longer than that before. But three three M decided to say does that count for collector plates as well? They can't. No, those live forever. I was to say because that yeah. there's the there's a pink um, mercury lead sled at Back to the Fifties. Instead of any plates, it's Pepto, and the Pepto's in pink. Oh, nice. Uh, Is on it on plate? a raised plate? It's on a raised plate. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's always been like that. I'm like, huh, no, yeah, in. It's Minnesota's a really strange uh, state because, like, you could go like if you say Blubsky, we'll take that as an example, or or your Buick. Okay, you you you've got a modern plate on that thing just because you registered it and you're road driving it. But now it's a collector car. If you got a buddy that has a regular Minnesota plate, a vanity plate, or a collector plate with a tab from the year of manufacturer from your car, you can legally bring it into a DMV and register it to your car. Yeah, actually, that's why. So that's what's weird about 1961. Yeah, because 1960, 61 used the same plate. They just put a tab on it, or no, it just said 1960. Really? Yeah. So 60. I've been looking for a 61 plate for Janus car, so it can have a cool race plate. That's why you haven't. And I cannot because 6061 is the they use the same plate. It still said 60. No uh, idea why they didn't just change it. I have a 74 plate for Blubsky, and I have cool. 76 genuine tabs that have never been put on a plate before. So oh, it's legal. Cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I don't want to do it because I, I I want Blubsky. Like I want to have somebody custom press a 1976. Minnesota plate, put a real tab on Could it. Could you just like custom press a plate? Oh yeah, no. There are private companies that own like uh, retired I would, I would stamps. Just... All the states got rid of their shit, so like private people now That's, own yeah. the plate. You you should see if you can just get a Blubsky stamped plate. For I'm that. sure I can. That'd be very cool. Oh man, now I want to do that. But anyway, we have really cool shit like your manufacturer that's just built into our law, and everything else sucks in the 3M killing children in Cottage Grove. Huh. Well, here's some good news. All right. Um, the Buick. I told I, that is actually a Minnesota car since now. That's impressive. That's <clears throat> absolutely incredible. But what's more incredible is that I found that out because I saw there's a college parking sticker and I took a photo of it with a lighting like at an angle. Okay. And I took, put it in Photoshop and I adjusted the contrast and the and the, the saturation until it came up with the rest of it and said like it had like the M and then like what was clearly previously an N and then like. You could see like a nine six and like in the middle two digits, and then like what was either a one or a two at some point. Nice. Yeah. So it, it was definitely a Minnesota car since like. Did a professor own it or was it a student? No idea. However, what I was going to talk about is um, I'm not. I can't put this on the screen, but look how incredibly clean that underside is. Holy shit! Is that a battery tray? Or is no, that's above tank? where the gas tank was. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, clean? I mean that wasn't coated, so I mean that. Like, no, yeah, that's really... no. The coat you could see where the coating ends. I wonder we've we've done the research. What year did Minnesota really start using road salt? It was since this car's been on the road. It was in the it was right after World War Two. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was, yeah. Okay. But I have a new reason to love American cars <laughs> and why I, my new favorite thing in the world is old 60s American cars. Uh, I've been having troubles with these, those bolts that were, like, were spinning. Is this the image you showed me a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah, it's a carriage bolt. <laughs> nice. Wow, it's not a stud pressed in that you can't no, get at the top. It's end a carriage bolt that just Whoa. goes in there. And the reason it was spinning <sighs> is because the little tab that holds the carriage bolt in place just yep. bent itself up a little bit. Aww. So that was a problem. And it was kind of a pain in the ass. However, I went now to Ace just, Hardware yep. and I bought four carriage bolts and the problem solved. Ta-da! And you didn't have to like bring it to a body shop and have them cut the chassis open, susceptible no. to like tons of new rust problems now? No. I think what I'm actually going to do is I might... Um, I, mean, I have the two that go into the frame. I'm just going to use the carriage bolts for those. But I was thinking about putting a nut between the carriage bolt nut. and the... The frame. Oh sure, just jam just it. hold it in place, yeah, and then smart. put and then sandwich your gas tank Couple between washers. the two bolts. Yeah, yeah, do it. I think that'd probably be the best play oh, yeah. here. Is that way it's still replaceable, but you don't have to deal with. I don't. I don't intend on it ever happening again in my life. But if it does happen, I'm going to be old and infirm, and I'm really not going to want to do it because I didn't want to do it when I was thirty. I'm definitely not going to want to do it when I'm seventy. When I Scott had his nine eleven, I had to constantly have the back end of that thing apart because Porsches suck. Yeah, they're bad. You have to on a nine eleven. You pull the bumper off, not mm-hmm. the end of the world, but then you have to pull the mufflers off. Mm-hmm. There are two main six and a half inch gigantic bolts that go from the top down that hold the entire engine cradle to the muffler. Porsche put those bolts in top down from the factory before they put the whole powertrain into the car. And you cannot get them out without taking the entire cradle bracket off the side of the engine. What? So what I did is I cut the steel bolts out. I went to Fastenal and I special ordered stainless steel six and a half inch bolts. And I put them up from the bottom, which you can do with the bumper on the car, and fixed it. But like, just shit like that. I'm like, why would you design it that way? And like, this complete was, antithesis to the Buick. We're like, somebody's going to have to take the gas tank out yeah, of this. Yeah, this was totally designed oh. knowing that there's going to be a problem at some point, like 50 years from now. Just, and we should probably design around what's going to be a future problem. CAD is awesome, but it has fucked so much of automotive design. Also, uh, I discovered an accident. Oh. Um, like a crash or an No, accident. a good thing. Oh, okay. Um, I was using my ultrasonic parts washer. Nice. I realized if you put a, ma- a magnet next to rusty bolts, it cleans them faster. Oh. Because there's an ultrasonic parts washer. Yeah. There's ultrasonic washing. You have the magnet next to it. Because I noticed those two bolts that were next to the magnet were cleaner than the two that are further away. I should get a magnet because I, I use my hot tank a lot. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just What that was is just a tool tray. It had some oil in it. I just was too busy to, or it was too lazy to actually clean it out with like brake cleaner. So I just threw it in there and just had the magnet pointing up. Yeah. So you have to put a magnet in it. It'll, it no. It, that is a life hack pro that, right there. <laughs> I found that out. That is an accident. I found that. I did not intend on that happening. No, that's... But I was watching it. And I was just like sitting there. I was watching the rust physically leave the bolt and go to the magnet. I'm like, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was doing it on two of them, but not these two. So I grabbed a screwdriver and put the other two up closer and they started doing it. I'm like, <laughs> fucking mind blown. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? That would be nice, because, yeah, oh, I hate having the ultrasonic hardware. I found a company out, and this is a total tangent, but we do that, in middle of Wisconsin that will do a a large flat-rate box full of nuts and bolts. Yeah. They will clean them and zinc coat them Ooh. for, like, 50 bucks. 
That's pretty good. I know. I, I have tons of hardware, and I just want to send them everything I have. If the carriage bolts I bought for the Buick were not galvanized, I would do that. But I just love the like. I know zinc coating is no better. No, but zinc coating's looks, great. It's so the coolest cool. looking thing. In the world. Oh yeah. man, I just want to every bracket I have in every car. I just want to everything zinc. that's removable should be made of. Should it be zinc coated? Yes, zinc co- we zinc agree. Is the greatest. It is it's, incredible. It's like gold and neochrome put together. Because it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of that like like rainbow tinge to it. I oh. love it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like um, you open the hood of a brand new '80s BMW, every bracket would have been. So I'm not sure if I told you, but like when I got that uh, Wilkinson Sherry Metal 22 like desk pistol that I just put in my pocket when I take out the trash for was, desk popping. Yeah, yeah. for desk popping. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's anodized <laughs> blue, and I bought I won it at a Kbit auction for a lot less than it's worth. Okay, about a fifth of its value. Jesus. It, actually, it's worth also, a firearm on Kbit. <laughs> yeah, Kbit has firearm what sales once in a while. It, that's the place <clears throat> to buy like weird guns. I, All right. Was go- I was going to buy an Arasaka uh, 7.7 millimeter because I have an Arasaka bayonet and I wanted to like get something that matched. This is a whole tangent. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, so with this Wilkinson Sherry, I was when I was bidding on it, I was fully intent. I'm like, well, this is kind of it's like really nice and yeah. like it's a good quality. Like it's it is a the Wilkinson Sherry was a so Wilkinson's a company that makes like actually like very good uh, carbines and target pistols. Okay, and. In the 80s, for some reason, they got into the Saturday Night Special game. They bought the tooling for the Auto 9, which was a 22 long rifle, um, like Saturday Night Special, which was... That's a weird name yeah, for a 22 LR I know, right? firearm. Yeah. Um, oh, it uses 9mm. Nope, no, 22. No, yeah, fire. Yep. yeah. Not 9mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they bought all the tooling from Auto 9 when Auto 9 went out of business because Auto 9's kind of sucked, but, like, the underlying design of the gun was actually good. Okay. But, like, they just had, like, bad machining. And so Wilkinson made it, and they it's this, like, 22, like, you put you have, like, maybe two fingers on the grip on it. And, oh, so it's, like, an ultra-subcompact. Yeah, it's, like, a, it's a pocket pistol. Um, that's why I have it, because I, I pop it in my pocket when I got, like, if I take out trash, like, late at night, and I'm like, mm, I don't really want to walk to my alleyway, you know. Like be on my property in my alleyway and get mugged and for dusk popping because I've almost I, I've like seen people like scoping out people to mug in my alleyway before. I'm not trying to be mugged, um, so I'm not about that either. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> when I got this gun, it had it has this cool like, blue anodized um, finish on it. That's and, like, neat. I've never yeah, seen that before. In yeah, the car it's arm. very cool that it's like a- actually anodized, and in the eighties that they anodized it. Like and the fact that like anodizing is means aluminum. Yeah, and, it's like, an aluminum frame pocket pistol. That's incredible. It's not polymer. It's very nice to fire. Um, it's, I love this gun. I like it more than my Beretta, um, which is shocking. Um, but anyway. Uh, if it if the anodizing was all messed up, I was fully intending on zinc coating it because nice. like I'm like this is gonna be like I would zinc coat that and be my carry pistol. It'd be so cool, but yeah, it, it's actually it's a shockingly great pistol. Um, it's got sights on it and actually a decent sight picture for being a pocket pistol because huh. like most pocket pistols don't. Dude, even yeah. The factory sights on a compact or a subcompact usually suck. Yeah, no, the, this one they recessed where the sights are into the frame, the slide. Yeah, and then so like you look down it and you actually have it's got about as good of a sight picture on this as I have on my Beretta, which is because the Beretta's a full frame. Of, yeah, yeah, it's a full frame Beretta versus a pocket pistol. And like 
the pocket pistol is only going to be used about this far away from each other. Quick blink range. Yeah, yeah. user, there's a reason most of them don't have them. <laughs> but yeah, no, I can I totally take this out. Like, and can take it out uh, like ten yards and actually get rounds. Like, not only on paper, but like within the circle. Grouping. Yep. Yeah, I can actually group my rounds. Like on a twenty-two long rifle pocket pistol with like questionable bore. It's yeah. <laughs> I love this thing. The board would be better if it were zinc-coated. Yeah, I know, right? I, I need a 21 it. LR. Like, what? A 21 LR. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a long story. But uh, Wilkinson's still around. They still have every single part available for That's that gun, nice. and they're still actively updating parts. Sounds like, like Mercedes. Yeah, like the, the firing pins would always break because like, it tapers down, and they did a 90-degree taper from the factory. And then for Wilkin- the love of God, why? It's When you when you see the seer, it makes sense. Okay. All but... Right. Um, but yeah, with the updated one, when I got the new firing pin on it, I was comparing it, and one was a 90 degree taper, and this one, the new one's a 45 degree taper. They're actively updating this. Wow, so it's a newer Subaru engine part. Yeah, basically. They're, it's a Subaru <laughs> of weird Saturn Night Specials. We'll say rolling of, yeah, assembly line changes. This was just an early model. Yeah, no, it's, it was very cool, and they, they sent me like everything I needed immediately, and they're, just, like, they're thrilled that somebody was actually like restoring one. I'm like, this thing's great! Like... <laughs> I just want the firing pin to be one piece, please. <laughs> um, all right, moving on back to cars, what this podcast is about, not guns. <laughs> Even, like, about guns, like, weird, weird pocket um, pistols from the 80s. Like, hey, man, there's nothing wrong with extra... enjoying... Yeah, firearms are fascinating. Yeah, they are, and all of mine are very, very fascinating. Jana, uh, like, she doesn't want me to buy, like, bro guns and stuff, and it's like, I do need, like one or two around the house for me. Um, and I'm just kind of like getting ones that are like historically interesting. Cause I don't like having that like weird conversation with people like, Oh, you firearms are so I'm like, oh, also they're very interesting mechanically. Yeah. Like it's not, I, I don't like, have, I'm interested in the company and the design. I don't have 15 of the same AR 15. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a whole different story. Yeah. yeah I'm yes. not like that. Like, Good I, God. I, I, I like my things being different and weird and, it's I'm still good. I'm, like, in the, I'm in the hippie lip, libtard gun lover camp, and yeah, which means it's leftist. completely different. Yeah, yeah. So the leftist gun people are actually I don't have as many, cool. and they're all weird. Yeah, that's how every leftist gun person is. That's how Darren is, actually. It's yeah. like all like, of his things Let are... me tell you all about the aluminum upper slide and receiver barrel set that I have on my Glock 23 frame. Yeah, that's actually cool. Yeah, I, I don't like polymer frames, but that's a cool... It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's just me. I know I'm weird. I know polymer is better, but I'm just not... It's not. I, I, I can't bring myself. That's totally to fine. That. Yeah, like even with, even with the with the Beretta, it's just weird with the polymer grips. Like I had to get wood grips. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's just, just it, especially like the earlier ones, which mine is. There's no like grip to it. Uh, that's uh, before they like artificially started like putting like pits in it so it would grip your oh, hand so better. Weird. Yeah, mine's like really smooth, and the mag release is awful. Weird, but it's fine. What generation is it? It's a Gen Three frame. Oh God, it's the same worth anything. <clears throat> nope, sir. That's fine. I don't care. The Gen ones are worth like way too much money. That's so dumb. If you ever go on like Gun Broker or something, Gen one Glocks go, go for like actual money. Anyway, moving on. Moving yep. on. Moving <laughs> on. Um, um, I want to talk about the say. most expensive car in the world. In uh, the is world. actually very worth it. Um, it's now a Mercedes 300 SLR, and not only is it the most expensive car by a little bit. It's the most expensive car by a lot bit. I was going to say, the last one was that 250 GTO? Yes, it was $45 million? So 48 I think. That was the one I saw out at... Uh... In fact, no, we both saw it. We yes, went we to Monterey it, yes. that year. Th- this one beat it by 100 Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Who has this company? Okay, never mind. I don't care. <laughs> so much money. It's an insane uh, amount of money. It's 48. So tell me why this prototype is especially special. I well, assume it's just a really early car. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's a prototype. <laughs> it's oh, 55. A, yes, it's okay. A, it's a Mercedes SLR. Not prototype. an SL. Yeah. So it's the McLaren prototype. It's a prototype of the McLaren race car. It also had the largest drum brakes ever put on a car per tire ratio. Uh, because the drum brakes are actually inboard on this car. They were so cool. big. Because they were bigger. On all four corners? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was very strange. I mean, uh, down at the Revs Institute, they have a... It's an auto union. And it was incredible. No, 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 no. It was, it was a... What was the, the twin supercharged V12 racer of like the same era of the auto union? The one that was made by Mercedes? Yeah. The W112, I think it was. They had one of Something those, like and like yeah. the brakes were like completely inset from the wheel because there's no way in hell those yeah. would fit. They, they did the same thing with the SLR because this okay. is the last Mercedes race car that, was, um, that actually used drums. Sure. But yeah, it's got three liter inline six wheel injection, 1955. Like, direct three, injection. Yeah, direct injection, I should say, yeah. In 1955, um, it was based off of the W196R Grand Prix racer that Juan Manuel Fangio raced. Is it based on a Pontiac? Crap. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's uh, called the Uhlenhaut Coupe, and it's one of two. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and it's unrestored, apparently. Well, I mean, luckily they didn't paint it, so that probably helps. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that it's understored is actually pretty big. That's really cool because it's all the original stuff, interior every stuff. Every time I hear about a you know a survivor, an unrestored car, or something like that, I'm like, it just makes me never ever want to touch my cars. Like, just let the damage be. Yeah. Also, uh, the term restore is so overused. Like, it's really, really overused. Just like rebuilt on engines. Yeah, like they'll say, like, my car is restored. I'm like, okay, cool. When was the rear end rebuilt? And they go, I didn't rebuild the rear end. Okay, oh, that, well, was, that was fine. Yeah, like, okay. When was the transmission rebuilt? I didn't do anything with the transmission. So you didn't do anything with the transmission or the rear end, and it's restored? Okay. So how about your suspension bushings? When were these replaced? Like, oh, those were replaced in the 70s. So it That's isn't restored. Not restored then. Like, was this is this car equivalent to what it would have been when it was initially delivered? Yeah, that's exactly what a, res- a restoration is. And you'll have like people say, like, yeah, it's restored. I put in a 4.2 inline six from a Jaguar XJ into my 3.8 uh, XKE. I'm like, that's refurbished now. Or resto modding. No, nah, we didn't say that because resto modding means it means nothing. Because can't have the resto and mod being the same word. So like, it's refurbished then. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, that, that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, so it, I, I, whenever somebody says restored, I always like, challenge them on it. Because you know they're going to be wrong. It's just not true. <laughs> like, I look at like, any alpha male that's ever been restored ever. I've never seen alpha male that's been restored. I would buy life. a restored alpha. I've never seen one in my life, <laughs> though. They don't exist. They don't exist. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's restored. I got rid of the Spica fuel injection. I put in twin side draft carbs. Nope, that's refurbished. That's not factory. That is that's like user refurbished. That's yeah, the worst it's, kind it's, of it's like, it's like a 2002 TII, uh, and they say yeah, like restored. fuel injections in the trunk. The Kugelfischer. Was yeah, shit. yeah. I'm like, okay, where'd you get all those weird lines for the Kugelfischer? Oh, I didn't. Okay, so then it's not. Yeah, strange. <laughs> all those like clear Bakelite lines that they used for all the fuel. You can't get those. Yeah, I'm like oh yeah, no, those are all broken. They're in the trunk in a box. I'm like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with putting carbs on a TII to use it, but, like, 
you didn't restore it. Yeah, no, it's refurbished. Yeah. There's it's one refurbished. And there's lunatic nothing... that restores Kugelfisher, and he's there's, got a waiting list. There's nothing wrong with a refurbished car. No, in and fact, they're usually better to live with. I would rather have a refurbished car than a restored car. Oh, yes. Because, you know what would be cool as hell? Oh, my God. Using Is technology a, to improve a car? A, 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 1970 or very early series 2.0, actually series 1.5 XKE with a 4.2 with a larger coolant galleys that doesn't overheat and I can actually use it. With, yes, that with, sounds great. Possibly and, with fuel injection. And an air conditioning unit utilizing the AC system out of a late model series 3. Hell yeah, I'd be into that. That'd be very, very, very well, cool. you do like that Jags. Be, that would be much cooler than a restored series 1 that overheats if I even think of turning it on. Because well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah, why would I ever want to use my Jag? Like, no, give me the refurbished one. Do not give me a restored one. Like, I want the refurbished I can use and enjoy. Like, that's the whole point of a Jag is that they're good cars. That's the whole point of a car. Yeah, is to enjoy the vehicle. Like, like yes, to a certain extent, we've established that like worse cars are better. But yeah. like, th- there's a difference still, and yeah. there's there's a fine yeah line. exactly. Like with Jana's Buick, like. If the Dynaflow ever dumps out on it. Which probably won't. It probably it might. Maybe. I don't know. But I have a plan in case it does. It's getting a 700 R4. Oh, no. Because you know what? It, well, it bolts right in. Unlike a, unlike a Power Glide, they had a factory bell housing that directly bolted to a nail head. The Power Glide, even though it was almost the same as the Dynaflow, there isn't a Power Glide bell housing that bolts directly without an adapter. I could just put a 700 R4 out of an uh, early Riviera, and it works. And then it's super and I mean, reliable, the and it's much faster. Parts for those also exist for free, essentially, because yes. all of the clutch sets are identical to a 4L60, which they pretty much still make. Yeah, and also, like, it's going to be infinitely faster, because now you've got four And let's be honest, that- a wide-open 2.3 shift on that engine isn't going to hurt a 4L60 or a 700R. No, you're fine. It's yeah. not not a not a problem at all. Like, <laughs> Which is probably you know when that transmission was initially conceived, developed, and produced. Yeah, probably totally fine. Yeah, seven hundred R fours are actually good transmission. When people started of... putting them in Trailblazer SSs with turbos. Yeah, and melting the clutches out of them. Yes, that that's where. And even then, when you look the at transmission when you, sucks. When you look at the horsepower, on it, it's like kind of ludicrous. It's like yeah, it poops out at five fifty. Okay. Well, I don't know, man. I'm never going to hit that with a nail head, so I'm fine. Correct. <laughs> well, think of the 6-liter Power Stroke. When yeah. that was a Navistar bus engine, yeah. making 100 fewer horsepower, yeah. no problem. Yeah, once they started... When they started cranking the boost and putting it into bro trucks, weird. Yeah, instant issues. Yeah, wow, weird. strange. Wow. Never would have thought. It's like undervolting a CPU. Of course it's going to run colder. But yeah, I think uh, I would much rather have something that is refurbished. It's just better in every way. Like, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, a different terminology, whatever you want to use for it. But yes, yeah, something that has been approved with like manufacturer specific, even technology. Or even like, God forbid, like you buy a car that is restored and you're going through the receipts. And then the receipt that the guy said was for a valve job is for a valve adjustment. Oh, no. And now suddenly your heads haven't been rebuilt. And now you don't have a restoration. Now you have to rebuild the cylinder heads to even attempt to call it a restoration. Like, then you have a whole problem. And then you cost yourself a bunch of money. It's like a super low miles car. Oh, no, no. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless you're buying it to literally never, ever touch it. Yeah, if you're buying it as an investment, sure. If you're buying it to enjoy, 
Dude, just get the cheaper oh. usable one. That's yeah. like all my all my friends like stinky cars, like because like, stinky cars. That's another term for a car that's good but not actually good. It's, <sighs> it's stinky. It's like, it, what would you rather have? Would you would you rather have a perfect E30 M3 or E30 M3 with seventy five thousand miles and smells a little bit on the inside? I take the one that smells a little bit on the inside. That I can I like use good smelling cars. But I mean, stinky means just like kind of like it, the car kind of stinks compared to like a. A but pristine one. I'd rather park mine in a parking lot than John's. Yes, exactly. Or like a perfect example, like a stinky version of a car. It would be like your Ferrari. It's the cheaper, mm. like usable. Ah, like if you beautiful. take your 355 and you put yeah. it next up, flawless 355, your oh, car yeah. stinks. Oh, yeah. But you're oh, never yeah. going to want to use that, uh, that nice 355. You want to use your 355 because your 355 is stinky. And you're okay driving it. Oh, I sure do like my car. So yes. Yeah, Plus, I paid less than half what those folks that, did that's for theirs. The, so. That term has yeah, exactly. That's that's why stinky's okay. Like the Peugeot is stinky. Oh, yeah. Like it's a good, great mm. driving experience. You get to own a Peugeot. It's great, and it's just a little stinky. It's all right. Yeah, no cars Sti- that are not perfect are Sti- stinky. So good. Stinky is a term of endearment. Shitty is different than stinky. Which is it's weird to me because like. Shitty like, in my mind is like, oh, I think shitty. It's like, like it's like good versus best. Yeah. Okay. I'm well working my terminology. That, yeah. So the stinky is it's similar. Stinky and shitty. It's like good versus best. So what turns a stinky car into a nugget? Well, a stinky nugget. Uh, a stinky nugget is a nugget that's spicy from Wendy's. But isn't, I was going with the car meat. Stinky. Yeah. Nugget, yeah that, that's actually what that, that's where the term stinky came from. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's where we prototyped this term. And and we decided that was a good anyway. Fit. <laughs> on to the final topic, back to EVs once again. I want to talk about the Chevy Bolt and, to a lesser extent, the EUV, but, like, we are on the cusp of, like, the housing market completely bubbling and crashing, the economy doing the same thing into a recession, car prices kind of just stagnating and probably heading down. Yep. But, like, Chevy out of the blue, on a car that already sells pretty well, the Bolt, like, they're, yeah. they're having trouble keeping those on the lot, even yeah. after their you know, federal tax credit went away because they sold too many cars. They dropped the base price of both of these cars. <laughs> I love it. 6,000 bucks. 26 grand. That's worth it. Stuck. You price. could go to a dealership potentially right now and order a Bolt non-EUV, which is the one to get because screw crossovers, for yeah. 26595 That is such a damn good car. That's a, this is what Scott should get. What's Scott doing? I don't know. Look, you should have just gone with this original plan. I'm like, dude, just buy a $13,000 first-year Bolt. Yeah. Be done. Get a Bolt. Get a Bolt or get an Apache. Don't get in your... He should just get a Bolt. Get, get, just don't... He was, like, sending me Auto Trader links I for feel Bolts so bad for you, for you, you're, like, German car <sighs> enthusiasts that, like, have been so let down over the course of the last 25 years. Not of... me, because I'm critically thinking before I buy the bloody I know, car. But, like, yeah, when I say you... I mean, like, as collectively, oh, you. Oh, my family, yeah. Like, just everybody that likes German cars. I never had this problem. Because, like, German cars, like, I appreciated them, but I never, like, fell in love with them. Like, I just... And there's what, there's some German, most German cars you should not own. No. No. They're generally bad. Yeah. Like, there, there's always, like, a fringe case. Like, you, you can buy something from everybody that's good. Yeah. But it's, it's like, you probably can't. Because somebody else has already figured this out, and it's too expensive now. Yeah. But like the weirdly <sighs> the weirdly expensive like Volkswagen Gull that's like oh. worth more to use than a Passat. There's a reason for that. Uh huh. Like something like that. If it's still it's, around. Yeah. 
Something like that's like, okay, this makes sense. But just like, I, the Bolt has its systemic problems. It does. Like, the seats are too narrow. They're not very comfortable. It looks really ugly. Like, it's really ugly. I don't think they're ugly. They're fine. But a small car. they drive really well. They have more than sufficient power. The range is excellent. You know, you know why Volkswagens and Kias have comfy seats? Why? So you have somewhere nice to sit while you wait for that tow truck. Mm. That's why the Bolt doesn't have nice comfy seats. Yeah. It might it, catch on fire, but it'll get you there. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be know, fine. Those are all fixed now. I mean, in Jordan and Ellie, yeah. they bought a used Bolt, and that just got the new battery. Perfect. So they like they bought a cheap one, and they got a free brand new pack with higher range. Tight. Great. Perfect. Good all the more reason to go, well, hey, I mean, go buy a new one. Great. But like, go buy a first year. So That hasn't had the battery recalled. That's remarkable. Yet. Also, I have another remarkable thing about GM. Okay. Uh, that stinky car talk has brought up i need to reference back to this conversation i had so okay i thought they were talking about like car talk the no the click and clack the tappet brothers i want to talk about astros like chevy astro yes the chevy astro i grew up in one of those you're familiar with it 1989 all-wheel drive bad little v6 and four three is a turd yep well here's something cool if you get a similar year small black chevy yeah you can actually bolt them in, yeah. and the wiring is like cake. Like well, it uses the same ECU. It, it does. And all you have to do is you have to run three wires. It uses the same uh, ECU terminals and everything. You just yeah. need to add the wires. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. You probably don't even use the harness. No, you just add, you add <sighs> them. You, un, you just undo a couple of zip ties, add the wires into the harness, and you're good. So my friend TJ is doing that, and his is 4.3 uh, blew up. Shocking. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, but now he's got off. Uh, Five seven Vortec that he's putting in, and he's like, "Yeah, I paid some guy who lives in his mom's basement in Missouri." Say to... Vor- Vortex impressive. I knew that like the TBI ones were bolt in, yeah. like with no changes because yeah. those are like the same. I mean, but... Vortec is still TBI. Is it? I think so. I thought Vortec was port injection. I, the better I looked. I looked at one. I don't know. You're probably right. At least it uses the same intake manifold. I it might be Vortec a different was, head. I think uh... Vortec is the head. Oh, where's Josh when we need him? I know. But, um, yeah, so apparently you just, like, take the ECUs and, like, send it to some dude who lives in Missouri. He lives in his mom's basement. And he'll just, like, delete the security and anti-theft stuff off of it for 75 bucks. I was going to say, that probably wasn't a hard... Uh... Yeah, and then you just <laughs> plug it back in, and it works. And then you just drive it. And then you're good. I think that's incredible. Because, you know what my issue with the Astro has always been? The 4.3? Yes, that's my only issue with the Astro. Yeah, when I grew up in that thing, I'm just like, oh my god, dude, this thing is so tragic. Yes, they are still TBI. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a cylinder. Oh head. I'm like, oh, it makes 189 horsepower. I'm like, no. I'm like, ours was like first gen GM ABS. It was the first gen of that all wheel drive system, which apparently that thing's like bomb proof. Those those transfer cases and diffs and everything are what people use in their like. I'm not going to say resto mod, but like refurbished yeah. G body, like all the drive mean, projects yeah. and everything. Like they're really strong. It's the same system as in the Typhoon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it's stout. that's actually a very overbuilt. Uh, yes. For what for what it's going into. Correct. So like, if it can handle a turbo four three, it can handle a wet three fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. But no, I mean, I, I can't believe that wasn't more popular. Like in period. Yeah. Because, like, the 4.3 was never uh, well, I, I a great think, I engine. Think, I think people, it took people a minute to figure it out. I think Probably. That's what, I think that sounds like what the issue was, is it wasn't... God, you know what? It is Firefox that does bring up the tiny photos. 
I'm just trying to get a photo of a good Astro with a body kit on it, because people used to do mini truck builds on these, and they were Ugh, very cool. Yuck. No, it's, uh, when I say, like, cool, I actually mean it here. I got, I'll have the photo I mean, ready in one second. It, I spent several years, like, Mark's first high school vehicle was my childhood Astro. Like, we were in this thing a long time. And it, it was, reliability-wise, pretty Click good. The, the link I just added. The G... Because this is actually a, a good-looking van. Like, when you, like, lower it, put a body Okay, that's, like, it. a 2003. Yeah, and that body kit was still available. Like, a variant of it was available on their wow. facelifts. Yeah. This is a Japanese brand. They make Japanese no, stuff now. Familiar. But, like, yeah, that's a cool-looking van. Like, I like that. I'm kind of into it. Like, lowered. I mean, it's, it is a Mercedes. I'd rather have a Previo. Like, Previos would be the same shit. This one has a V8. Yeah, well, I don't care. I want also, that. it's I want a hell of a lot cheaper than a, a manual. It's also be a hell of a lot cheaper than a Previo now. Well, yeah. Oh God, yeah. That's kind of what's ruined Japanese cars for me. Is everybody knows about because I was too fucking loud. <laughs> I was a fool. <laughs> I was a fool. You should never tell anybody about a 1960 Buick. Don't listen. No, we should ever buy a 1960 Buick. Not don't go to I... Yorg either, because Tom will yeah, also tell you to not. Don't don't go to Yorg and don't buy a 1960s Buick because I haven't bought one yet. Actually, you really don't want a 59 flat top. That's what you really don't want. That's, that's the garbage. <laughs> oh, my Christ. Well, back to the... Ho- hopefully the reverse psychology worked. Yeah, I think, I think so. I, think I, I immediately am closing all my browser windows the... for 59 flat tops. Yeah, you're just getting rid of them. I'm yeah, done. You, I'm done. I'm done. not, not even interested anymore. You can't hate. Hey, just two cheese curds. I need you to eat those. Go to some poor cow worked very hard for those. Oh my god, I don't want to picture a cow working for cheese curds. Got it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, thank you for uh listening, and we're happy to be back, and we'll see you in a month. Sounds good. Bye, Bye guys.